Okay, we are ready to begin this week's Parsha's Matos Masai. We're going to be talking about uh, Parsha's Masai in this week's uh, Parsha in Perak Lamedalet, chapter 34. It says like this. Hashem said to Moshe saying, That was the name Israel. You should command the Jewish people. You are going to the land of Canaan, which is Eretz Israel. This is the land that will be your inheritance. It will be the land of Canaan to its borders. And then the Torah proceeds to tell us all the borders of Eretz Israel. So in this week's Pasha, the borders of Eretz Israel are enumerated. So here Rashi says, why do we need to know what the borders of Eretz Israel are for? What do we need to know that for? That's Rashi. Because there's a lot of mitzvahs that are pertinent to Eretz Yisrael. And you can't do them outside of Eretz Yisrael. So, Therefore, the Pasuk required to tell us the borders. is to tell you that with this border, on the inside of the border, you could do the mitzvah. Outside of the border, you can't do the mitzvah. Right? So the reason why we need to know the borders is because so that we know that the mitzvahs that are that are applicable only in Eretz Israel, we can fulfill those mitzvahs in uh, in Eretz Israel, and uh, where we can fulfill those mitzvahs. So the Sefer Mishulchan Gavola um, quotes this Rashi, and he says in the name of Rabbi Chizkiyahu Eliezer Kahan of the Nachos Eliezer. He says a very interesting thing. He says like this. So the truth is. We could, there's, Rashi is interesting. Rashi says that the reason why we need to give a reason for Eretz Yisrael is because we should know where, where to do the mitzvahs. But there's another reason why we need to know where Eretz Yisrael is. Is The reason we should know the promise that was made, that was the promise that was made to the Jewish people, that they're going to inherit the seven nations, what are they going to get? In order to know that they're going to inherit the land. The reason why we need to know it as well is to know which one is our land, which is not our land. So why does it say, that's the reason why we need to know. Why does Rashi say the reason why we need to know is because to do the mitzvahs. Right? That's what he says. Interesting. So he says like this. He say, he explains according to the Gemara in Sota on Daaf Yudalit, on page 14a. The Gemara says like this. The Rabbi Simloy Darshan's. Why did Moshe want to go into the land of Israel? What did, he, did he need to eat the fruit? Or did he need to be satiated from the goodness? He needed to go swim in the Yana Mamelech? Or did he need to go swim in the, uh, over there? Is that why he wanted to go to Israel? This is what Moshe said. Have a mitzvah in Stav Yisrael. There are a lot of mitzvahs that the Jewish people are commanded. You can only fulfill them in Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to go in Eretz Yisrael so that I can fulfill all the mitzvahs. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu want to go to Eretz Yisrael, says the Gemara? The reason why he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael is not because he should enjoy the land or he should enjoy the fruit of the land, says Rabbi Kahan. Right? The reason why Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to go into Israel 
is so that he can fill the mitzvahs. So you see from here that the main reason why we live in Israel, the main reason we should want to live in Israel, the main reason why we have the land of Israel, why we inherited the land of Israel, the main reason why we fought for the land of Israel and continue to fight for the land of Israel is because of the mitzvahs that we can do only in that land. And we cannot do them anywhere else. Therefore, says Rashi, in this week's Pasha, therefore, says Rashi in this week's Pasha, why did Hashem have to tell us in this week's Pasha the borders of the land of Israel, the demarcation of where the land ends and where the land begins? Why? In order that we should know to fulfill where to fulfill the mitzvahs. That's the main reason why the Torah is telling it to us. That's what Hashem says. Yes, it's true that Hashem promised us that it's going to be a good land. It's going to be an Erez of Ankhalavadvash, a land of flowing milk and honey. It's going to be a land where we're going to inherit a beautiful place. But that's not the main reason why we have it. The main reason why we have it is in order that we should be able to, in order we should be able to do the mitzvahs inside the land. That's the reason why we have it. And so the, the, um, it's interesting that the, okay, there's a discussion in this week's Pasha, the Ramban holds, which we discussed on a different occasion, the Ramban holds that it's a mitzvah to, uh, to live in the land of Israel. It's a mitzvah to live in the land of Israel. But also we find, as we will see, we find that um, the rabbis of the, of the Gemara, the Tanoim, the Amoroim, we find that the Rishonim, all of the rabbis were, they were mechavev, they loved the land of Israel. They acted uh, with the, in the land of Israel, they acted with special, special treatment they gave to it. So here is an example that it says here in, the, uh, in this also called the Lekachtov. They quote the Tnuas Amusa on page 93, the name of the author from Slobodka, Rav Nassim Tzvi. So the author from Slobodka, he showed an uh, extreme love for the land of Israel. Very, very much. Especially when he, when he uh, um, in, in many different ways. So here he relates a story here with, with, with the author from Slobodka. So here was the, the author Slobodka, when he first moved, he lived in Hebron, and uh, in the, he used to go for, go for a walk in the summer. He went for a walk in the summer in, the, in Hebron uh, on the road. Went, he went before davening, he used to go for a walk. So he went on the main road, the road that led to Yerushalayim. And as he was walking, he would bend down and find rocks there. He'd find uh, disparate rocks just uh, on the ground. He would take the rocks and he would uh, throw them to the side. So he had an escort. The people were escorting him. They asked him, they said, why did you, why are you throwing them? They thought that the reason why he's throwing the rocks to the side is because maybe it's dangerous. Maybe it's, uh, it could be a stumbling block for... Uh, could be, it could be, uh, uh, you know, it could be somebody could uh, get hurt with these rocks, and so therefore you would throw them away. So he said to him, no, that's not the reason why I'm doing it. It's not the reason why I'm doing it. The reason why I'm doing it is because an explicit Gemara in Tractic Silvis on page 111a. The Gemara here says, very interesting, the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, actually it's 112a. The Gemara says like this, Rabbi Abba, Menashe Kipi de Akko. Rabbi Abba used to kiss the Kipi of Akko, the city of Akko. He used to kiss the one of the Kipi. So Rashi says here, Kipi, it's a Hebrew word. So Rashi says here, either with cedar trees, 
He used to kiss the cedar trees or rocks. He used to kiss the rocks of uh, of Eretz Yisrael. Morocco. The rocks in Morocco used to kiss those rocks. The um, the more continues. The more says Rabbi Chanina misakim miskale. Rabbi Chanina, we used to fix the road. Rabbi Chanina used to fix the road of the of the in 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 the, in the place. Says Rashi, why? Mashve umisakim mischole ha'ir. What he used to do? He used to straighten out and fix any stumbling blocks, any anything that people can get hurt in the city. Why? Machmas chibas ha'aret because of love for the land. He loved the land. He loved Israel. He wanted to make sure that there shouldn't be, so actually there shouldn't be a uh, a bad name, bad publicity for the for the for the road. People shouldn't say. Shouldn't be written in the in the tour guide. It shouldn't be written that road over there. It's dangerous. Too many rocks. Too many pebbles fly in the window. It can get hurt. He didn't want it to be written. Uh, it should be known as a, as a bad road, any road that was there. So you take the pebbles and he would throw them to the side. That's Rashi's, uh, Rashi's opinion. Tosus argues, Tosus argues on this. Uh, Tosus says that he used to weigh the rocks. If they were light rocks, he knew he was outside the land of Israel. If they were heavy rocks, he knew that he was inside the land of Israel. I'm not sure exactly what that means, heavy and light rocks. I mean, there are heavy rocks outside the land of Israel also. But he told says that he used to weigh the rocks to see uh, how, um, and then he would uh, then he would kiss them afterwards. He would figure out that they were rocks from right to swell, Then he would kiss them afterwards. That's uh, Rabbi uh, Rabbi Abba. The Ben Yehuda here explains that uh, Rabbi Abba used to kiss the rocks. That it was in Bavel actually, and they used to take people vendors used to make ro- they used to make vessels out of the rocks. They used to make like vases and stuff. And uh, and he would when he would come he would realize that the vase came from Israel it was a piece of piece of art that was carved out of the rock where it so he used to kiss the rock that's what the Ben Yehuda says be that as it may Rashi is saying that Rabbi Chanina Rabbi Chanina what did he do he didn't want that there should be a bad name on the road so the author from Sobatka said that when he used to walk around the city of Chavon this main street New Shalayim so he would uh, he would throw away the rocks. Because he did the same thing that the mainstream Yisrael line, there shouldn't be uh, a name that it's a bad that it's a bad road. Also, when he spoke, he spoke also. Uh, he spoke uh, when he spoke. He used to speak about different different uh, issues about kedushas haaretz, about the holiness of the land. For example, he made it a point to say that Eretz Yisrael is considered like the Aron Hakodesh. It's considered like the Aron. You know, you put a Sefer Torah in. That's what he said. So he said that anybody who is in the land is considered like they're in Arna Kodesh. Interesting, he used to quote the Gemara, the, uh, the author from Slobodka used to quote the Gemara on, the, on page 111a. The Gemara here says like this, um, in the, the Gemara in Subis, on page 111a, the Gemara says many different things about, about Eretz Yisrael. One of the things that the Gemara says, Amir Rabbi Yirmiya Barabba, Amir Rabbi Yechurub, Rabbi Yimmy Barab said the name of Yechron. Kola Mahalak Arba Amos, the Eretz Israel, anybody who walks four cubits in the land of Israel, it's promised for him that, he's a, that, he's a, that he has a portion of the world to come. 
Right, so that's, uh, that's what the Gemara says. The person walks four hours, the person just takes a stroll. And Eretz Yisrael, then it's Muftah Chosh, Uben Olam Abba. He has these promises, he comes and he has a land, he, that, he, that, he, has, that he, has a, he has a portion in the world to come. And so therefore he used to say, the, the author used to say that if you walk, if you walk in the land of Israel, that's a tremendous chush, a tremendous, a tremendous chush. You see that from this Gemara. And even those people who don't keep the mitzvahs, even those people who don't keep the mitzvahs who are not, uh, who are not uh, religious in Eretz Israel, right? So he used to say that at least they're in, at least they're in the land of Israel. For example, you, right, you say about some people, you say, look, that Jew, he's not committed his own religious at all, that Jew. He's not religious at all. So, uh, but, uh, but uh, at least, at least once a year comes to Shul on Yom Kippur, right? So he says, so if you say that, that's considered to be a praise. Somebody once a year comes to Shul Yom Kippur. Certainly somebody who sits in the Aron HaKodesh, this guy's only coming to Shul. But this one comes and he sits in the Aron HaKodesh, he's in the, in, in the Ark himself, itself. Personality to Shul, it's a very special thing. Right, and this is... Uh, these things that we mentioned, they're codified in the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchus Molochim, in the Laws of Kings, in chapter 5, Halacha number 10, Halacha number 11, there the Rambam says that the, that the, that the rabbis used to, uh, they felt a special love, special love for the land of Israel. Okay? So this all comes from the fact that there's a mitzvah to live in Israel, like we've mentioned, and besides the fact that there's a mitzvah to live in Israel, there's also this, um, there's also the, 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 the whole point of Eretz Yisrael is, is that there is an opportunity to do mitzvahs that we wouldn't have had otherwise an opportunity to do. That's the, 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 that's what the, um, that's the reason why we have, that's the reason why we have the land of Israel. So, the question now becomes, obviously, as, a, as a is discussed in the, in the Pasha, the question now becomes is, which, which is the land of Israel, what's not the land of Israel? And the reason why we need to know that is for it to keep in mitzvahs. For example, what are the mitzvahs that we need to keep? So, first of all, we know that there's a minig, we know that there's a custom, it's enforced by the Durabonon, we know there's a custom that on Yontif we keep two days Yontif instead of one. That's number one. Number two is we know that there's a mitzvah to give tithes in Eretz Yisrael, Trumas uh, and Maishwas, the tenth and the gifts of the Koyen. Right? We also know that, uh, that there's Arla, that the, the, the trees, the Arla, whether it's permissible or prohibited, right, uh, apply differently in Eretz Yisrael than they apply somewhere else. So this is um, the seventh year to eat. right, and the shemitah to keep the shemitah year. This all of this is uh, all of these are pertinent. These are mitzvahs that are that are pertinent to uh, besides the fact that it is a mitzvah to live in it, to sort of walk in it, like like we mentioned. But it depends on to know what is what. So there is a big there is a question in the achronim, uh, specifically the, the issue that I want to discuss this evening, and uh, you know this. Just to, just to get a feel of the discussion, not to, not to get very involved, uh, because the issue is, 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 is large, and there is a, a, a very big discussion about it in the Achronim and the Rishonim, on whether a lot is part of, is considered to be part of Eretz Israel. So, uh, it's a machlekes, it's a dispute, and uh, we are not here to, in this case, to answer what the halacha is exactly. Uh, that should be addressed on... Uh, uh, with one's rabbis. This is going on now? What? This is a discussion going on now? Well, this is, it's a discussion uh, amongst the rabbis uh, what, to, uh, what to do with cities like Eilat. What's wrong with them? So we're going we're gonna to discuss it. So this, this is not, it's not the, um, we're not here to, to make the decision okay. of, uh, well, we're going to discuss, we're going to discuss what the, what the issues are 
uh, regarding regarding a life. That's the. Um, is there another city also? Or just there's other cities, yeah. There's other cities also. a uh, city called Othera. Also, that that city, whether or not it's considered to be, um, whether it's considered to be within the borders or not, right? Uh, of of uh, uh, What? Right. Whether it's well, whether it's con- not necessarily the borders, as we'll see that Hashem grew up. But uh, the board, what would be considered according to Allah, subsequently also, what would be considered to be Eretz Israel? Okay? So, so the, um, the Tzitz Eliezer has a response in his uh, volume number 3, number 23, on whether or not in a lot one should keep one day Yantif or two days Yantif. That's his, uh, that's his question. Because uh, what is the what is the question contingent upon? One of the things is is that uh, whether or not it's in Israel. So I'd like to I'd like to relate just a general just a general um, ideas that he that he mentions. First of all, first of all, first of all, it's important to mention the general discussion before we get specifically to a lot. Okay, and the general discussion is on where does one have to keep one day yontif, and where does one have to keep two days yontif. That is basically, that's the question. Where does one have to keep one day yontif, where does one have to keep uh, two days yontif? Right? Um, so it's just like this. Basically, says the Tzitzeliezer, it's a machlok as Rishonim. It's a dispute amongst the Rishonim. What's a dispute? The first is the position of the Rambam. The Rambam holds the following thing. Okay? Now we know that the conquest of Eretz Israel basically happened. I mean, they have this few lands that were conquered one after the other in different times, but there's two main conquests that occurred. And the two main conquests that occurred were at the time of Yeshua. At the time of Yeshua. Right? And that was uh, when Yeshua went into, uh, into Eretz Israel. And the the next main conquest was at the time of uh, at the time of the uh, when uh, Babel, when the people of Babel when they came to uh, at the end of the of the um, at the end of the first exile era when they came in the time of Ezra when they came uh, only Babel when they came to conquer the land as well to rebuild the base of English that was the second conquest. So the position of the Rambam is like this: says the the Tzitzilias, there's a whole discussion, which is for us, we cannot cover in the time that we have, nor uh, with the background, uh, without the background information. But he says, but from my own discussion, I hold that the Dazaram is like this. The opinion is like this. That any place where the people of Babel conquered, any area, that the, any land which the people of Babel conquered, that is, you're only keeping one day. That's what the Rambam's position is. Okay? Now, what are the, the difference between what are the people of Babel cover, cover as opposed to uh, um, conquer, as opposed to something else? We're not going to get into that. But just to get the simple principles. Ubishai Makomos, the rest of the places, bears Israel Torah The rest of the places in the land of Israel depends on the following matter. If there was a settlement in those areas, at the time of the second conquest, when they sanctified the new moon, 
with the rabbinical court. In other words, the new moon we now sanctify according to the calendar. We have a calendar. And according to this calendar, we sanctify the new moon. But it used to be, as, uh, as uh, there's a whole tractor devoted to the topic, it used to be, chapter Rosh Hashanah, it used to be that the new moon was sanctified according to, by, by the rabbinical court according to witnesses who saw the new moon. At that time, when they were sanctifying the new moon with the rabbinical court, and there was a settlement at the time that the people of Babel came to Israel, in that case, okay, in that case, there was a possibility that you would only keep one day. What was that contingent on? It was contingent on the following. The Gemara describes at length that how do, the, how do people know when the month was over and when the next month began? What will be the consequence of that? The consequence of that is when do you keep Yontif? The month could be so... Um, so it depends on when the month started. It depends on whether the month started one day earlier or one day later. Now, how would we figure that out? How would we figure out if, how would we figure out if we lived far away from Jerusalem so the witnesses would come and they would testify that they saw the new moon? So how would the people on the outskirts know that when the day was sanctified that it was a new month? They would send messengers. And the messengers reached those cities and the cities that they were able to reach, those cities kept the day that they knew, which was Yotif. Those places where the, the messengers didn't reach they kept two days younger because they didn't know which day the month started, right? So that's how the, com the, the communication was at a certain point in time about when the new moon started. Okay? So the Rambam's position is like this. The Rambam's position is like this. If it was conquered by, if the land was conquered by the Ole Babel, by the people who came from Babel, if it was conquered by those people, then keep one day. If it was not conquered on those people, it's contingent on three things. And whether you keep one day or two days. Number one is there had to be a settlement in that area at the time. Number two is at the time that the other bubble came there. Okay, and number three is there had to be at least a question of whether or not the messengers of the rabbinical court can reach that area. If there was a question of whether they can reach that area, then you would also keep one day. Any other area that was conquered, uh, any other area that is part of Eretz Israel for whatever reason, you keep two days. That's the Ramon's position. Okay, that's the Ramon's. You hear? Fine. Now, Now, the next position is the position of the Ritva. The Ritva. He's, uh, Ritva is, the Ritva is, do we have his, uh, a set of, uh, of volumes? Yeah, he's a commentary on the entire Talmud. Rabbeinu, uh, Rabbeinu Yotav, he should be, uh, here somewhere. Um, I guess not, I guess we don't have him in the library here. But he's, uh, he's a commentary. Uh, the entire, everybody's heard of it, it's funny, everybody's heard of the Rambam, right. they have not heard of the Ritva. So the Ritva is a commentary on the entire Talmud Bavli. So he espouses his position in Sukkah on page 43a. So the Ritva holds like this. The Ritva's position... 
Rabbeinu Yontif ben, I'm not sure, I forget his uh, father's name. Yeah, that was his name. Rabbeinu Yontif ben, I forget, I don't remember his father's name, I don't have to look for the front jacket, I can't uh, uh, look up what he, what he stands for. Okay, so the Ritva is really like this, that today, the entire age of Israel, doesn't matter whether the conquest was by the people who went to Babel, or the conquest was by the people who went to Egypt, and it doesn't matter whether there was a settlement at that time in the city, or the settlement was new, even if the conquest happened by a king with the acquiescence of the majority of the Jewish people, according to the Ritz, we only keep one day. Okay? That is the Ritz's, the Ritz's position. That's what he holds. Okay? So, says the, uh, the Tzitzeliezer, Okay, these, the, the, these two Rishonim, these two uh, commentaries, their positions are what's relevant and whether you keep one there in two days. Okay, depending on, and then we can determine now, we can look at each place, we can look at each place and decide, you know, which category do they fit in. According to the Ritzway, if it's the land of Israel, so then it's going to be, you keep one day. According to the Rambam, it depends on whether or not it was conquered, whether or not it was settled, right? That's, the, uh, that's what it depended on. So now that we, we have these basic positions, we can discuss a lot. So a lot is actually mentioned in places in Tanakh. Uh, it's also mentioned in Mishnayis. But at first glance, I think we would say that a lot is not part of Eretz Yisrael. The reason for that is, is because it's way south, and it is part of the land of Edom, which is, came from, the, from Esau. So here in Parshas Lech Lecha, right, the passage says like this. In Parshas Lech Lecha, when Hashem says, Bayon Mahu Kores Hashem is Abraham bris Laymore. On that day, Hashem made a bris. Hashem made a covenant with Abraham. To your seed I will give you this land. From the, the river of Mitzrayim until the great river the Nartros. What am I going to give you? Esakini, Yesaknizi, Yesakadmoini. I'm going to give you the Kini, the Knizi, the Kadmoini, the Esachiti, the Esaprizi, the Esarefoyim. I'm going to give you the Chiti, the Prizi, the Refoyim. I'm going to give you the Amoiri, the Esamoiri, the Esaknani. These are people that occupy particular areas. The Esagirgoshi, the Esayivusi. These are people I'm going to give you. So Rashi here says that there are ten nations that are counted here. But the Lord Nosalam El Ashiba Goyim. At the time of the conquest, Hashem at the time of the conquest of Israel, Hashem only gave seven nations the land of Israel. The other three, Edom, Amoya, Vaamoin, and that's the first three that I mentioned, the Kini, the Knizi, and the Kadmoini. These are the future inheritance of the land of Israel. These lands will become in the future the land of Israel. In the future, Shinema, as it says in Yeshaya 11:14, Edom Moyav, Mishloyach Yadom Ne'amun Mishmatom. Right, so that's what they, he quotes the Medrash Rabbah, and the Medrash Rabbah says that these lands will be will be in the future. The Gemara says the same thing in Tractate Baba Basra on page uh, 56a. The Gemara there says like this. 
Page 56 saying, Try to roll back Everything that Hashem showed Moshe, everything that Hashem showed Moshe that is going to be part of the land of Israel is obligated in tithes. What are we coming to exclude? We're coming to exclude these three lands. The Kini, Kmizi, and Kadmoini, that even though Rashi explains um, that they were given to Avraham Avinu, Hashem promised it to Avraham, as we just read, for the future, it's going to be part of the inheritance, but those three lands are not going to be obligated in giving the tithe. Right? So you see that these lands, these Kini, Kmizi, and Kadmoini, one of them is Hedoim, is, is, uh, is only a future inheritance. It's not, the, it's not going to be the present inheritance. So what's the significance of that? The significance of that is, is that it says in, in, in Kings 1, in chapter 9, verse number 26, it says that a lot is on the edge of the ocean in Eretz Edom, in this land. And it says in Devarayomim 2, chapter 8, verse number 17, that uh, it says the, the same thing there. Right? So therefore you see that a lot is is, right, a lot is um, in the in the land of Edom. I'm sorry, you see, a lot which is in the land of Edom is not going to be is not going to be is only part of the future inheritance. It's not part of the the present inheritance. Okay. So therefore, it should be that it's not part of Eretz Yisrael. That's what he says. And it also says it too in um, in the uh, in the Sefer Dvarim in chapter two, verse number two. It also says the same thing. It says like this. It says um, chapter two. Let's see, verse number eight. It says like this. V'nabor me'esachinu be'esav ha'yoshim b'seyer. We will pass from our brothers Esav that sit in the land of Seir, Mederach Arava, Me'elat, or Me'elas, or Me'etzvon Gever. Right? So you see, V'nefin V'nabur Derech Midbar Moyav, and we will pass Moyav. This is a description of how the Jewish people are going to travel before they reach the land of Israel. Right? And it says that part of the, uh, a part of the possession of the children of Esav which one, of which are from Eilat, from Itzvon Geber, part of that possession is Eilat, right? That's uh, Eilat. And that, so therefore it is not in the border of Eretz Israel. If you take a look, here I have a map, if you want to take a look at the map, Eilat is all the way on the bottom, Eilat is all the way on the bottom of the map here, and even, uh, everything that the Torah lists, the border which, which would start at, at the edge of Mitzrayim over here, it will go this way, or over here a little bit lower, it will go this way. A lot is further south than the most southern border of Israel, so therefore it should not be considered part of Israel. And therefore he says that at first glance you should have to keep two days in that area. Okay? In the future it will be, but it's not now. It'll be part of the future of being there to show. Well, what's the future? Is that after? The future means at the time of the Mashiach. Okay. okay. 
But then the um, the Tzitzel Eliezer proceeds to prove that the Eilat does have the uh, status of the land of Israel. Why? Because it was conquered by Shlomo HaMelech. It was conquered by the, by, by, by the kings of Israel. And therefore he says, According to everything this, he goes through a lengthy description about how <coughs> there was a conquest by the kings of Israel. Right? Uh, one of them, Shlomo HaMelech, of Eilat. So, he says that if that's the case, right, the calls it, therefore, according to this, it has to have the din, it has to have the laws of Eretz Israel. It was conquered by a king, Midas Roy Israel, with the acquiescence of the majority of the Jewish people. Okay? That's what he says. And he says that it, 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 it doesn't have the. It, it, there is a difference between a conquest that is conquered by the majority and a conquest that's conquered by, by an individual, which is, which is uh, David Amelach. That those lands don't necessarily have the status of Israel like Syria. So he says that in this case it's not true because here there was the majority of the Jewish people. Then at the end he quotes the Mishnah Amelach. He says that even according to that position, you will say that since there was a covenant, as we just read, with. Avraham Avinu for these lands, then maybe, perhaps, maybe even if it was conquered by an individual, would still have the status of Eretz Be that as it may, he says he wants to claim that a lot was conquered by the kings of Israel with the acquiescence of the majority of the Jewish people has the status of Eretz And he wants to say that even according to the so he says like this certainly according to the writ for this works because according to the writ we said that anything that is considered Eretz Israel doesn't matter who conquered it. Whether it was Olei Babel, whether it was the people from Babel, or whether Mitzrayim, or it was Yeshua, the people who came from Mitzrayim, as long as it has the status of Eretz Israel, you only keep one day. Certainly, according to the Ritzvah, of course, in Eilat, you only keep one day. But he says, even according to the Rambam, I think we're going to have to say that you keep one day. Why? Because we said that according to the Rambam, you certainly keep one day if it was conquered by the ones that went from, the, from, from, from Babel. But we say, says the says the uh, the that even those that parts that were not conquered by the land of Babel, but if they were, if there was a yishuv there, if there was a uh, a settlement there at that time of the conquest, right? And there is a question of whether or not the messengers can get there from the rabbinical court. Then we would consider that also to be part of Israel, in which you would only keep one day. Certainly, according to the Rambam, it's true. There was a settlement there in the time of Shlomo Melch, in the time of the kings of Israel, before the destruction of the uh, of the temple, and therefore, at the time of the conquest of the Oled Babel, at the time of the conquest of the uh, the people who came from Babel with Ezra, there was a settlement there. Therefore, it has the status of the land of Israel, and therefore, even according to the Rambam, he wants to claim a lot is considered like the land of Israel, and therefore, you would only keep one day young. Okay, that's his conclusion, and that's what he holds. So here's an example of of this discussion. So even though a lot is um, even though a lot is far away from even though a lot is far away from the borders that are that are mentioned in in the Pasha, so the, the southern border that's mentioned in the Pasha, but 
subsequently it attained the status of land of Israel according to the Titzoliezer, and therefore you only have to keep one day. Okay, so that's an example of an opinion that holds that a lot is part of Eretz Israel. Here's an example of an opinion that holds that a lot is not part of Eretz Israel. So, for example, the Shevet Halevi, this is uh, Rav Bosner, who is the Avbezdin in Zichron Mayim Bnei Brak, and he's the Rosh Misif to Yeshivas Chachmi Lublin. So Rav Bosner, in his volume number 5, number 183, was asked the following question. And this he was asked, maybe he's related to you, Rav Ben, we can talk about this afterwards, by Rav Moshe Mordechai Schulzinger, Shlita. He doesn't give the date of when he was, uh, the question was asked, but he said that he is the Eisen Moshavoy Poiki Lasenu Zichron that he is the a strong uh, status, a rock-like status here in our in our congregation of Zichron Meir Yakodesh. Okay, so Shulzinger, Moshe Mordechai Shulzinger asked the following question. He asked on whether or not a lot and oifira are considered to be chutzlaret, whether they're considered to be outside the land of Israel, or is considered to be part of the land of Israel. So he says like this. Al oifira kemat ein safik shul chutzlaretz. An oifira, there is no question at all that it's considered to be chutzlaretz. It's considered to be outside of the land of Israel. The gamei lot hurricane. It appears to me that a lot is also like this. Where's the tira? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't have the uh, the modern map in oh, front of me. Right? No, this is a modern name. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he says that that's not considered to be part of, it's not considered to be part of the land of Israel. Ophira and Eilat. Why? Right, so this what he, that's what he asked me. And the rest of the tshuva, the rest of the question, he spends to explain to him the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Israel, the mitzvah of living in the land of Israel, what you should do regarding the fact that a lot is not considered to be part of part of uh, part of Israel. So he says like this. He says, for example, he says that Rabbi Schulzinger asked whether or not you're allowed to go travel on a vacation there at Eilat. Right? Why, why, what's the question? Because if it's Chutzlaret, who said you're allowed to leave Eretz Israel? in order to go on vacation? That's his question. So he says to him like this, he answers, he says, Right? So he answers him like this, he says that this is only prohibited, to leave it to is only prohibited is if a person leaves permanently, to live permanently. As the Gemara says in Tractic Subis on page 110b, Somebody who lives outside of, in Chutzvah, outside of Israel. And this is only permissible if it's very, if their hunger is very strong in the land of Israel. But to go, but to go and come back, even if it's for business, even if a person is not starving, in order for profit, right, in that case, a person is allowed to leave the land of Israel. Right, because the the whole definition of the issue, the whole definition of the prohibition is, in order that the whole prohibition of the issue is that 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 uh, that the person is 
setting up a settlement that a person is settling in the land of Israel. That's the whole position. Okay. So when he's doing this, our bedaito locks are also intentional to a claw. But if a person has no reason to leave the land of Israel and he goes in, in with the intent to come back, then he talks is not allowed to go. But if it's if it's whatever reason, even if it's the smallest reason, in that case, they did not make a gazeta, they did not make a decree that one is not allowed to leave the land of Israel. And so therefore he says like this, Ubitiul al peace Tiul to go on vacation there, that's not considered to be a necessity. However, a person goes for a little bit of time, to go see the miracles of nature, of the beauty of nature that is in, in, in Eilat, that uh, the creator of the universe, then in such a case, one can be, uh, one can be lenient. Can move as we said, everything that a person does, they should make it sure that it's a mitzvah. As the mission says in Pekelish, everything that they do should be for the sake of heaven. And it also says that in um, it also says that uh, in the, it's quoted in it's codified as law in Orachim in Reish Lam Beis in 232, I think, or maybe Reish Lam if I'm not mistaken, 200, uh, 231. That it's a mitzvah to make everything into a mitzvah. Right, so if a person goes on vacation, so they should go on vacation in order to relax so that they can perform mitzvahs better, so that they can see the creations, the beauty of, of, uh, of, of Hashem and the things that He has created. Right, and so then for that case, it's mutter to go to Eilat. You see on the other side, here you see the Shevet Al-Eli holds and doesn't have the land of Israel. Seems like it's a machlaikis between, uh, seems like it's a machlaikis between, it's a machlaikis between, it's a dispute between Rav Vosner and the Tzitzeliezer, and there's others also. I, I picked up a, 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 a sefer that was recently published on Apasha. I think it's called maybe Hegione Halacha, if I'm not mistaken, and there he discusses, he brings all kinds of different sheets and all different positions about who holds what about Eilat. Another example, and with this uh, we're going to conclude, uh, another example is uh, by the Minchas Yitzchak, the Dain Weiss, was asked, the question by the asker, he was asked the question, there are people who are peddlers. Okay, people who are peddlers, and they are selling fruits and vegetables that they buy from farms all over the land of Israel. So, questions like this, is that, uh, he says that, that people bringing business from Ramat Golan, from Aza. And you don't know whether these places are considered to sell or not. So in such a case, Right, uh, you have a problems of Arla. Maybe, maybe it's Arla. You don't know whether it's uh, whether it's Arla. You're not allowed to eat the fruit of the tree. Also, you don't know whether you have to take off chumas and maisos. Whether you have to take off uh, whether you have to take off tithes. So, and he mentions a lot in the question whether a lot is considered in that question. So he says basically that if you don't know, he doesn't discuss. Dine Weiss does not discuss directly any specific city, but he says if you don't know where it comes from, and the person just bought it from the farm direct, so then you can't assume, you can't assume that the fruit is kosher. So it might be Arla, it might be uh, not tied properly, so the proper, uh, proper things have to be done for his fruit, so he says that he doesn't want to be moderate. And also they have to have a place, also you have to clarify, as far as this issue is concerned, even if you do know where they were bought, you have to clarify whether that place has a dinner of Israel, whether it uh, has a law of Israel or not.
Okay? So basically, that's the discussion. So in summary, in summary, what do we say this evening? In summary, we said that the, uh, the, uh, the land of Israel is a special place. And we see that from the way that people acted, that interacted with the land of Israel. Right? And the reason why the land of Israel, the main reason why we have the land of Israel is in order to fulfill the mitzvot, in order to be able to do God's command. That's the main reason why we have it. And the next thing is, is that uh, uh, we have to, the, the, that's, we, that's why we, we have the borders, in order to know where we can fulfill those mitzvahs or not. And the discussion of there's outlier outskirts, cities in the outskirts of the borders of Israel, or there's a question of halacha, on whether or not they are considered part of the land of Israel, and the ramifications of that are, is, is ties to Trumas and Maishos, and other things, how many days of Yantav one should keep, Right, and uh, so therefore it's incumbent upon if uh, we're going to find ourselves in these places to figure out and to find out uh, the halachas that are pertinent to them and whether or not they're considered part of the land of Israel or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, it doesn't really have a lot to do with what we just talked about. Okay, so then we're going to stop the recording. Yeah, yeah.